Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new edition of the EKN Face to Face. It is March the 14th, midway through the third month of the season. Winter Series essentially getting wrapped up. New Summer Series starting to happen. And again, uh, diving deeply into the 2022 season. My name is Rob Howden. That is, of course, David Cole joining me. David, another edition of Face to Face. It's been a while since we've done a live one like this. Yeah, we've had a busy winter, and so we haven't had a lot of time to kind of regroup and 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 do some of these special shows that we we like doing. And and yeah, so we've had one face to face in 2022. So this is only our second, but That's our great. 50th episode. So it's been basically two years yesterday uh, since the pandemic, and that is what sprung our face to face program. That's true. Yeah. So really, about two years we've done over 50. We've done 50 episodes so far. That's interesting, right? When the, everything happened, we got locked down, ended up coming back. You, of course, coming back from the Winter Nationals. I was in Florida for the Road to Indy. We started with uh, we started with IG Live. We did a lot of IG Live interviews and finally said, we got to figure out how we can do these live broadcasts and, and dove right into it. So that was... Uh, well, right? Yeah, you, you can't save those. These we can save and, and keep forever. And the IG Lives, it was it's almost like the TikTok and the Snapchats where it just goes away and you can never, yeah. you know, you can never find it again. That's true. Uh, so this edition, folks, you, you saw what we put up on social media. We have Brittany Loboff from the Texas Sprint Racing Series joining us uh, here as we she did uh, last year as well. Again, one of the big series. Texas has always been, David, kind of, uh, you know, home to to karting in, in a big way, right? There's It's not like there's been like 15, 20 tracks, but there's always been a lot of great drivers, some really great kind of core foundation uh, clubs down there, and then so many great drivers who've always ventured out, right? A lot of those Texans don't just stay at home. They want to come and run the national series as well. Yeah. And so we've seen a lot of drivers over multiple decades, you know, dating back to, I think I want to say the first road race grand nationals was back in Texas, like the early sixties. So Texas has been a good foundation for the sport. And as you said, we've seen a number of drivers coming out of there. We, we see a lot of drivers from profession into the professional ranks go from karting to professional. Uh, like a Jack Crawford, you know, he's moving up the ranks oh, right now yeah. and many others. You know, we see a Jake French. We see a lot of these drivers that are at the top level, the national level for multiple years. And and we have a, a lot of young drivers up and coming uh, through the karting ranks right now that we could be hearing for a long time, not only in our sport, but but uh, in, in professional form as well, too. So, again, we see a lot of these uh, Texas drivers, whether it's in the Scusa Pro Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, the Rock Cup programs, all over the country, Texans coming up to race. And, of course, at home, there are a lot of great tracks and clubs, as we talked about, uh, Denton with North Texas Carters, of course, the track at Speed Sports, uh, Dallas Karting Complex, which is building another secondary track there as well, the, the club at Katy, uh, a number of different tracks and clubs around the country. But the one thing that brings them all together right now is the Texas Sprint Racing Series, uh, anywhere from you know, 150 to 170, 180 or more entries uh, throughout last season. They've got, what, a five-race program set up for this year. And let's bring in Brittany Lobaugh right now. She runs the whole thing, and we'll get an opportunity to talk to Brittany. Uh, it's, hey, the off-season's, hey. Al- the off-season's almost over, Brittany. It's almost time to go to work. Oh, like I haven't been working the last few months putting it all together, right? Is that no, not but- right? But on track work, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Everybody stuff thinks we that, really live for, not the back end stuff that just fills up the time. Yeah, Brittany, everybody thinks you just roll in there with the trailer. You did it last year. <laughs> First time, you, you know, you got the, the old registration forms from last year. You just put another race on, right? There's so much that goes in behind the scenes. Oh my gosh, so much. I mean, really, I'm start planning this season before last season's even right. over, right? Like, I have to get my races on the calendar before we even end the year 
um, and then just keep going. Keep so trucking. we've been. <laughs> As David had posted up there, folks, if those of you watching either on Facebook or YouTube, if you do have any questions, maybe your Texas Carter has a couple questions here you'd like to ask Brittany, feel free to put it up in the comments. We'll bring that into the screen uh, if we see fit and get a chance for Brittany to maybe uh, answer those questions. So very interactive here. We'll take the opportunity here on the face-to-face to kind of go through the schedule a little bit, talk about where the Texas Sprint Racing Series is going to run. We'll look at their focus class structure, talk about their, uh, you know, their connection with the uh, IKF, the International Kart Federation, and of course, Supercarts USA, and talk, you know, what maybe what's going on this year that may be a little bit new. So, Brittany, let, let's start talking about the schedule first and foremost. And you guys did this a couple of years ago, and I think it's been big. You launched the season right before the Scusa Winter Nationals at NOLA Motorsports Park, getting a chance to kind of come out of the gate strongly for the Texas Sprint Racing Series. Let's talk a bit about that uh, opening round. We're just a couple of weeks away from getting things rolling at NOLA uh, for your first round of the Texas Sprint Racing Series. How do things look? How what kind of? I'm assuming you're going to have a big paddock and a big grid, but how is it looking? Yeah, we are, I think, right around the 170-ish number, uh, might have been just over while I, you know, was out doing some things today. <laughs> um, haven't checked in a, in a good couple minutes, but we're already, you know, hitting those numbers. We have a very full paddock and we're working to um, find some extra space for the people that are still um, late to their pit requests. So pretty much everybody now will park on site and, and we should be able to fit everybody in. But um but Stan and I work real hard to make everybody fit in there. Um, this one's looking to be really, really big. This is the third year at NOLA. Um, and the first year, I don't think we've overlapped with another national event, which is um, kind of a game changer for us, I think. That's awesome. Yeah, you want to have that. Because again, as David and I harp on a lot, there's just so much racing going on around the country, David. It's it's hard hard to stay off a weekend i think is i think this weekend coming up maybe like the only weekend off that some of the national teams have had in quite a while yeah from what i for, yeah from what i recall I, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the schedule now but yeah it looks like you know this is kind of like that off weekend uh you know a lot of teams i think this is kind of like the florida break everybody's left florida now so they're either they're either going to nola to get ready for your race Brittany, or they're heading back home before they go to nola so yeah, this, you know, we had the SimCraft, we had Florida Winter Tour this past weekend, but really the the March 18th through 20th, there's there's no other racing. But what, Brittany, kind of go over like what, you know, NOLA Motorsports paddock is large. What's kind of the big problem? I know we talked about it off air, but kind of go into into what what the issue is, is with the with the spacing. Well, really, you know, because we typically have a fairly full paddock anyways with, you know, 170 racers and we have a lot of um, individual people that are just bringing their own trailers. Now we add in all the SCUSA sponsors and large teams. So in addition to all the small little, you know, teams and players we have locally, we have these big footprint teams that actually house more than sometimes the small ones. Um, but it's just a lot more to add to the paddock. Um, and you know, when we get the RVs in there, cause I know their RV space, I think is, might be full now. Mm. Um, you know, it just adds in even more. <laughs> 
it's it's not this is not an issue that we had back in the uh the 2000 late 90s and 2000s when everybody thought we had big races back then the size of the events we've had lately over the last you know even let's say five six seven years just massive events that really are overrunning so many of the uh of the tracks that we actually come to now i know a bunch of people are asking questions we will get to those questions don't worry folks we're not going <laughs> to interrupt them we want to get through some of this stuff first so you start at nola motorsports park Brittany. it's obviously going to be a fantastic way to kick things off and then you roll from there uh, into the May 2021-22 back to uh, New Caney, uh, north of Houston, Speed Sports Racing Park for round number two. Correct. Um, that's here in my backyard, and and we all love going there. So that's uh, that track, We everybody seems to like that track. It's a longer track, and um, and – yeah, so it's it's a can't miss on our schedule. Yeah, it's a fantastic facility. I've been there many times, as you know, love that racetrack. But then you, you talk about the fact it's a longer racetrack, right? A little more wide open. Uh, probably, one, I guess, if, other than D, DKC, the new track at Dallas, we'll talk try to talk a little bit about the newest track really in Texas in terms of a, a competition racetrack at Speed Sports. But then you go to one of like the, the cornerstone tracks from the wide open track down to Denton, which is, I like to call it kind of the bull ring because it's such a cool little facility that just races so well. You go to Denton, uh, when's that race? June 24, 25, 26, middle of June or end of June for that third round. That that seems like it's always a really, really good round of, of competition for you guys. They have a huge club following. Yeah. So um, even if some other people don't make the trip, which most of them do at this point, but even if they don't, we pick up so many locals that have never raced with us before every time, or, you know, they might just come for that event. It's just a very, very um, popular club track and their club races do really well on a whole outside of when we're there. So we just, we love that they support us and hopefully, you know, we do the same for them. I would ask, is there, is there any chance that you guys do that at night in June or is it, is it a day race? That was no, going to yeah. be my question. That was going to be my question. <laughs> um, we tossed the idea around, but Sorry. then we remembered that we tend to have 40 carts start the race for KA and 40 carts on that tight of a track under the lights just sounds like trouble. Awesome. No, it sounds um, like Bristol. It sounds like Bristol. So, um, so we've tossed that idea around at this point, that is not the plan. Um, but you know, if something changed, I, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to it. It just isn't in the cards at the moment. Sorry, David. I apologize. Sorry. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> and, well, but, but did she did say something I kind of want to get into, uh, as we continue through the schedule is, is. For somebody who doesn't know much about Texas Sprint Racing Series or somebody who might be trying it out this year, what's kind of the difference going from club to a regional program such as this? What are what are maybe one or two things they should they should kind of be aware of that's going to be different from, say, a club race and going to your race? So some of the things um, are, you know, at the club level, most tracks don't have, um, like they do tech, but maybe not as in depth as we'll do right. it. Um, we also, you know, try to, um, to follow everything a lot more closely. Our goal is that you can step from us into a national series and hopefully be well prepared. So a lot of times we have people asking questions like pre-tech forms, when do they get turned in? How do I right. pull this out? You know, there's, there's just a lot more specific items that we ask them to do, you know, different ceiling um, for the clubs. A lot of times the beginning of the year, they give you your, not necessarily, 
putting a new one on every event. Um, a lot of the engines don't get sealed for club racing. So that's something new for most club okay. members. Um, yeah. So mostly pre-tech and, and sealing of the engine. So really kind of the, the functionality of, of getting prepared for a race, not, no, not necessarily the on-track stuff, but mostly off-track stuff. On track, I would say that I think that we tend to be a little more severe with penalties than some right. of the tracks get away with. Typically, we have more corner workers. They're also better trained as opposed to, or at least we hope they're better trained than the parents that are, you know, sometimes volunteering at the club yeah. level. Um, and so we try to, you know, make all that stuff um, to where we're really looking at what's happening out there and addressing things like that. I've seen mm -hmm. situations at the club level and all of a sudden they get to me and things escalate real quickly because they've mm -hmm. had things that were never really addressed at the club level. Right. Um, as far as, you know, on track penalties and altercations and, and things like that. And so a lot of times we have to have conversations with the drivers and the teams and, and talk about like, okay, now you're, you're stepping up. So we got to act, you know, which I feel like has been a big conversation lately to track <laughs> respect, but, um, but we do try to, to address that if we see things that are happening as well. And that's really what you said, right? The very first, the first thing you said was you kind of, you, you treat this, like it's a national level series to train the people that maybe running club level, whatever, what it's like to run nationally. So you could literally go from your Texas sprint racing series to a Scusa pro tour race. And that sticker shock wouldn't be there. You'd kind of be trained to a certain extent and be ready for national racing. <laughs> That's our hope. You know, yeah. we still have to have people remember that we are regional and we are a stepping stone. So now that we've got the numbers equivalent, to some of the national races, we still have to remind people that we are not a national series. We don't, you know, we want the level of competition, but we also want to have the hospitality of our regional race, right? Yeah. So we don't want people that are coming from a club race being their first regional series to feel like they're not comfortable on the track. And, you know, like sometimes that. we have to remind people that they need to take a step back and that we still run you know, we have a pretty large staff, but we don't have the staff of a national series that's writing their own rule books. That's, you know, doing all the camera equipment and the things that they have that they can bring race to race that that we're just not there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there there has to be an understanding of what your limitations are based on what you do, and it's still there's there's a it's still a culture of regional racing, right? It's it's we're still here to have a lot of fun and train some of the club people that are that are jumping up, stepping outside their their you know level of comfort, right? Their window of comfort. Right. We still want parents to feel comfortable on the grid, not feeling like they have to hire a mechanic because they've reached the national level. Yeah. But in the same respect, they need to understand that we're going to have more rules on the grid than at their club race. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, we're going to, you know, if your card has to be recovered, we're not going to say, go walk on the track with your card scanned. <laughs> as much as I would love that. Um, you know, there are little things that we're trying to, to help, um, you know, teach as they step up to the next level. And we are very lucky in the fact that we have a lot of national level drivers that race with us as well. Um, but we still want to be open and feel inviting enough that the, you know, the locals and the lower, you know, the people that are just coming into this level feel comfort, comfortable and confident out there. We pause our face-to-face -face broadcast for this quick commercial break. 
stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. The Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs & Stratton's history of motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs & Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level of track programs to traveling regional series and national events, Briggs & Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, every Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is power-tested and serialized before it goes in the box. Carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of race day. Be sure to follow Briggs & Stratton Racing on Facebook and through at RaceBriggs on Instagram. To learn more about the 206 engine or to find the North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing. What powers you? Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. So we've got NOLA March in March. <laughs> You've got Speed Sports in May. Uh, we talked about North Texas Cartway, Denton in June. You skipped the month of July. Wise move in, in Texas when it's 100 and something degrees. Um, although I've... <laughs> This next I was track, say, August has been much better. No, but... this next track I was there, it was 106 when I was announcing anyone I was racing it too. But I love the Amarillo Kart Circuit for August 5th, 6th, and 7th. And the crazy thing is it's it's this it's a track with an outbuilding, and then everybody rolls in and becomes this awesome place to race. And I love the racetrack itself, the scaled-down version of the track in Turkey and Istanbul. But uh Amarillo, great town, great little city, and just the racing there's been a lot of fun too. Yeah, we really like it. I mean, it's it's a lot of work to bring everything in and get everything set up. And, yeah. um, you know, besides NOLA, I think it's the one track we bring in the most other things outside. There's just not much there yeah. um, at the at the tracks uh, as far as facility wise. Um, but it's a good track. And we did it early in August because Texas starts school pretty early. Um, in fact, you know, my kids start literally two days after I get back or a day. Wow. Okay. You know, that's why I tried to make sure that that was another race that people could run without missing school. Uh, you wrap things up in September 23, 24, 25 at MSR Houston, their karting facility there. Tell us a little bit about that. I know we talked about it off air before we started, but for those who maybe don't know about the track at MSR Houston, what's, uh, what's the facility like? What are we looking at? 
So MSR Houston, um, some of our racers has seen it on the car side um, and regularly they run rentals and, and a few other things there, but it's a good track. It's good size. And as far as tracks go, we really wanted to try to find some new tracks to go to, not necessarily run a track more than once in the year, if we can. Um, and so there are other tracks I think that are starting to be built, but this one's there. It's been there a while. Um, and the pit layout will be a little different than our typical layout, but the track itself is a great little track. So we're, we're hoping that everybody enjoys it and that it's something different we can add to the schedule. Uh, let's move into class structure. You're obviously uh, a regional series for the uh, International Kart Federation. So really, you guys are doing 206, you're doing kid carts, and you're doing KA100. That's pretty much the lineup, right? Right. As far as the IKF side of things, we'll have, um, like you said, kid carts. We'll have 206 cadet, junior, and senior. Um, a lot of our masters we had in the past have kind of switched over to the KA master program. Yep. So um we we would invite them back at another time if they're you know if they wanted to come back but we know you know we want to since our numbers are growing we want to really run the classes that people are entering and and supporting the most uh so 206 junior senior and cadet to micro swift mini swift and the junior senior master uh in the uh in the ka what's uh, let's I'm going to give you the break because this comes that came down from Scusa, not from you, but obviously the, the uh, weight drop in KA 100 junior and senior. Uh, how's that gone so far, Brittany? Well, I sort of got the shoot the messenger side of the deal on this one, you know, but um, I think there's a, there's a fair amount of people that were upset because they're, I don't want to say on the heavier side, larger side, but they were on the side. upper end of the weight side of the, you know, the weight scale. <laughs> right. Usually it's taller. It's not necessarily bigger or anything like that. Um, but, you know, we have a handful of those and then we have a, a big range of smaller um, drivers that in all the classes. So when um, my understanding, because I saw some of it, but not all of it, um, is they started assessing at Supernats, the X30s, and then followed up with the KAs. So they did do a whole announcement about the whole X30 weight change. Um, they just didn't follow it up when they finished the rest of the class roster. Um, but so many of the drivers have 60, 70 pounds of weight on their cart. And that's a lot of weight to be carrying around. I mean, trying to drill into seats and floor pans and just finding a place to put all on that, that on the cart is a lot. That that's kind of been the focus because, you know, people are talking about how much weight they're putting on. They're ruining seats after one day, right. maybe even two days. So that's 300 bucks out the window after one day. And you, you got to keep replacing them. Has it has the thought and I don't know if you talked it over with, with Scusa at all or or even thought about it yourself, as a thought to be able to do your own um, weight um, review with uh, with your racers itself. Now, obviously, NOLA weekend is going to be kind of hard to do it because you have Scusa racers coming in to race and it's not necessarily the core racers that you do have. But have you thought about doing that, you know, kind of like how Scusa has already done it for for their organization itself? Because for me, it, it seems like a lot of our programs that we do have around the country could just 
kind of focus their weights all on the racers they have themselves. Customize it. Yeah. Yeah. So I have two trains of thought on that and, and I'm happy to share them. One is that as a regional series with a stepping stone to the national series, we give away championship prizes to go to these national races. Right. So if I venture too far from the national weights, I mean, are you going to be competitive when you win these prizes after winning my championship? Is it, is it worth some of the comments um, of people when I kind of brought that up, they're like, well, then I just wouldn't go. And I'm like, so I, I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. Right. These are pretty mm-hmm. hard to get prizes, a guaranteed start on Sunday for any to super nads tickets to ikf grands i mean so varying a lot from those weights makes my winners potentially less competitive when they get there mm-hmm. um but i also want to be considerate of my customer base um right. I, and like you said i don't have necessarily the manpower to audit the races the way they did right so they had people that were able to stand there and say how much weight do you have on your cart and spend several you know hours days looking at all this stuff where me on the other hand i you know i just don't have the manpower to necessarily sit there and do that um but what I, I mentioned, I think, on some of the social media comments was that I would definitely look at the, you know, the scale sheets at the end of the event and have my people note who didn't have weight on. Because for me, that's that's sort of a quicker, there was no weight on this cart or this person was over. And I can compare. I generally know my locals, you know, my regulars versus the national people that this is kind of their one-off race and see how many I have that are not carrying weight or are at or exceeding the new mm-hmm. weight system to possibly make adjustments for the remainder of the season. Okay. Um, you, you know, I'm not opposed to it, but, um, but like I said, I, I want to make sure that any changes still make them competitive at the national level with their prize packages as well, if that's what yeah. they so choose to do. All right. Well, I like that. I guess a good approach. Let's let's dive into to your staff this year. For those who may may not know, what, what what do you got lined up? Who's your race director? Let's talk about some of the key staff members and maybe any adjustments you might have made for twenty twenty two. So this year, um, we still have John over helping us as as race director, but we're going to be bringing um, some other officials in to be working more as a team rather than one single person. Um, and depending with with as many races there are, um, we'll have a few that kind of come in and out over the course of the season, um, but they'll all be working as a team. So things like protests um, and and penalties will be more of a team approach to them versus one person saying, oh yeah, we're overturning this. So it'll be, um, be worked on all together. So it's not a unilateral decision. Do you have any of those names or who else is coming in that, we, that you get to say? Yeah, um, for, that? yeah I have. Um, sorry, I'm like looking at all the messages as people are sending them. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, goodness gracious. Um, I have Justin Dietrich is coming in to help us for this first race. And um, what else did I have? Yeah, he was just at USBKS and does just Florida US- Winter Tour as well. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of people that are doing several different races. Um, 
working with my left hand to pull stuff up. It's not as quick as I'd like it to be. <laughs> you know, as I have my laptop in front of my desktop and, you know, <laughs> efficiently working over here. Yeah. Um, I also have Preston Buckley that's coming in for this race. And um, so he'll be helping as well. I have Matt Ackley that helps on the national level. And I, you know, several of my corner workers work, um, several other national rated series so we're really trying to up our game on corner workers and um staff official you know and track officials out there so that we have um very well trained eyes out there this year and um and like i said everybody more is working as a team so we won't have you know over making unilateral decisions on things um it'll really be did you see this? You know, even more so than in yeah. the past. Run by committee to a certain extent. Which Correct. Is more, it's just more eyes, right? Really more, more eyes. eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, listen, let's, uh, before we jump into questions and dive through this, I know one thing that you guys announced early on with uh, Xander Clemens was Car Chaser. Uh, li live stream for 2022 as well. So those who maybe ne have never seen a Texas Sprint Racing Series event, going to get a chance to watch online. Yes, we, you know, we had so many people that were asking for it. And so we, we thought we'd give it a try this year um, and see how it goes. It's, you know, like I said, again, having so many national rated drivers as well, racing our series, they, they have people all over that want to see it. Yep. Um, and we know that, that moms and dads and whoever doesn't make it to the race, they still want to watch and they still want to know what's going on there. And um you know, the, the live broadcast just takes everything to the next level. So gives a chance to everybody to tune in. That's for sure. Here, let's start with some questions yeah. here. This is from Justin. Uh, he says pushbacks for T uh, TRSRS. Are you guys running the pushback bumper system? No. Um, again, with like the regional national debate, right? We are considered a regional series, not a national series. We just don't have the manpower to properly manage it we don't we i could maybe get the people to be on the track checking the bumpers and writing the penalties but i don't have the video equipment to be able to look at protests or anything like that or even you know and the way all the national series are able to at this point that's always a big thing for sure here's another one and i, I apologize for blocking you out totally when i post no that's right okay now. you can hide uh, it's from Tommy Fish saying, with DKC building a dedicated members cart car owners track, is there a chance that TSRS will be coming back there? So there is definitely a chance. Uh, again, with some of the tracks, we have to make sure that the facilities can handle us. Like I, you know, I was talking about NOLA, we, we are full and that's a huge track facility, a huge yeah. map. Um, yeah. And maybe without some of the national rigs and things like that possibly coming, um, you know, that lowers our footprint a bit. But um, in talking with um, with DKC, the area that was the pits previously for the large races, um, their rentals are doing so well, which is amazing for them, that they're utilizing that as overflow customer parking. And so we, I, I'm telling you, um, yep. and so, and the new track is going where a lot of the additional parking was. 
So we have to, we're waiting for everything to be finished, to go up there and make sure that we have a game plan to be able to properly park everybody. Um, I mean, at Speed Sports, we have to close down an entire road to park passenger vehicles um, at this point. And so we just want to make sure before I put something on the map uh, and on the calendar that we, you know, we know that we have every, you know, T crossed and I dotted. And that makes sense, right? That's what we're dealing with nowadays. It's, you know, we were always dealing with the fact that a really, really good racetrack that had rental cart facilities then would obviously make more money on a rental car weekend than they make when we're actually there renting the racetrack. And now even when, even when a track builds a secondary track, there may not be room to, uh, to actually paddock. That's, that's the crazy thing nowadays. Awesome that there's popularity in rental car racing. But man, when we when we want to go racing uh, competitively, it makes things interesting, doesn't it? Right, and we've gotten some conversation and some ideas um, in the works, but with with the way that materials and things, we weren't sure of an ETA on completion at this point as well. I mean, I, I think, you know, ideally, you know when the date is, but there's always chances with things and. Um, I just don't like putting anything on the calendar if it's weather. not complete. And 100, <laughs> right. Texas weather is crazy. Material costs are increasing left and right. I just, uh, you know, if there's a chance that it's not going to be done and completely ready for us, I, you know, I just don't want to put it on the calendar and have to make changes. It's just not fair complete, yeah. to anybody yeah. at this yeah. point. Um, so, especially, so there's a chance. You, especially where you guys are right now. You look at the schedule you have. Great racetracks already, right? And right. and so you guys are gonna be able to mix it around. When Dallas gets up and running and gets to the place where, hey, you know what? That we're able to run a, a run a race. You guys have done site surveys. You figured out a place to park everybody, which is obviously the biggest challenge. Then maybe it's maybe it's twenty twenty three, maybe it's twenty twenty four. Right. So our our hope would be that they finish early this summer. We can go up there and have some conversations and you know, figure out the game plan to, to put it on the next year or two, but we have to make sure that we have enough space to cover everybody. And, you know, part of the fun of the regional race is that, you know, we still try to have room for people to camp in their RVs. If, if we, the next, you know, unfortunately the next thing is if we have to still go to, you know, if we want to still go, not have to, if we would like to still go to some of these tracks where the pitting becomes an issue, then we have to say that we can't camp. And, you know, and I really hate to do that if I don't have That's to. part of regional racing. That's what I always did. I love that. Right. right. That's like the best part, right? Yeah. Getting to go and have a drink and have cookouts and let the kids just run around like crazy people yeah, at the end it. of the it's day. Exactly and, it. and, you know, that that is part of it. We pause our face-to-face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. 
all over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Toady Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpree chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and Winter Series, and the Pro Kart Challenge, the United States Pro Kart Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line, to find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK USA directly. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. So I think the overall message is anybody building a facility right now, make sure you have a massive paddock. (laughs) (laughs) You want the Texas Sprint Racing Series, you want a big-ass paddock. (laughs) But I think that's part of the growing spurt that we're in right now with our sport. I mean, we're seeing record numbers all over. Your series is having record numbers right now. You know, national programs are having record numbers. These facilities weren't necessarily built to to withstand this growth that we're 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 witnessing right now yeah right and it's not just me i mean i see that in all the series right so i i mean even the grassroots one ckna i mean they had a ridiculous amount last you know last weekend or two weeks whenever that was uspk is having record numbers schools is having record numbers the tracks that we're used to going to we can't fit in anymore and yeah. that very that limits the amount of tracks we can put on the schedule as a whole nationally. Well, here's here's a here's a segue because we're talking about new racers. Here's a question from David Whitelaw. He says experience requirements for a newer racer in KA100 senior. Sonnen uh, is joining some Texas Sprint Series racing this year. PS, what's up, Rob? David Whitelaw. <laughs> David Whitelaw. CTS, former CTS, Scusa Pro Tour, Promoto Tour racer. So yeah, David, how are you? So what? So there you go. What's the question? So regional racing, what kind of requirements do you guys have to be able to go run KA 100 Senior? Do you have a year of club racing in your books or are you, are you kind of welcoming to anybody who wants to come play? So we do try to welcome anybody that comes into play. We do require them have a Scusa, you know, license or membership, whatever you want to call it these yep. days. Um to be in that program and then otherwise i really just recommend that you've traveled to tracks outside your home track right that you understand what it's like to race not against the same 15 people every weekend maybe the tracks have 40 depending on the track but you know most i think are closer to the 15 to 25 range maxing out so you really just want to know what it's like to race against more people this year um I have an LCQ penciled in for NOLA because I, based on what I'm hearing, I mean, I haven't quite reached that number yet, um, but it's on the schedule should I need it because, wow, okay. you know, safely, how many carts can you put on a track, right? 
Well, Nola, Nola more than maybe Denton. <laughs> Nola definitely more than Denton. And, and it's the same, you know, we as a safety, um, we tend to, we, we do try to use the blue passing flag for our, you know, newer um, racers the first, you know, in the heats and at the beginning of the, of each um, race. But then as we get closer to the checkered flag or in the mains, as far as safety goes, if you're getting lapped multiple times, unfortunately, we have to pull you. I've seen recently, you know, major incidents where the lap traffic or a back marker doesn't really know what to do when they're getting passed by the, you know, all the lead carts and that, and then they make a weird move that nobody is expecting. And, and it really, besides ruining, you know, the potential lead runners race, it really causes a lot of injury and broken cars. Right. Well, that's what it comes down to. You know, whatever you are, what level of club racing you've been and whatever experience you have, know that when you come to a, a step up to a regional series, which I would, number one, tell everyone to do, get out of your club, go to a regional series and get a feel for it. But then understand the experience is going to be different. And if indeed you're not quite up to speed and you're getting lapped, be ready to get the blue flag or the flag, the black flag to move off the racetrack. That's what it's all about. You get there, you get the experience. Next time you come back, you're going to be faster. You're going to be better. And when you go back to your club club level, back to the club you race at, it'll never be the same once you've challenged yourself in a better series. Exactly. Right. You know, and so we do try to let everybody get their laps in, right? Like the, the goal is that everybody stays on lap and, and finishes the race. But we also want to take into consideration, you know, like I said, safety is, is huge. And yeah. when you've got 40 carts out there, for example, in the KA race, that back runner gets caught quite quickly. Right. That's and, it. <laughs> Well, Brittany, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, five race series getting ready to go. March 25th, 26th, 27th. If you're not signed up for the opening rounds at NOLA, make sure you do. What a great way to start the whole thing. You go from NOLA to Speed Sports to Denton, and then Amarillo, and then MSR Houston. This great schedule for this year. If they do want to learn more, uh, uh, Brittany, you guys are on, also, on those, all the social media channels, right? Are you on Twitter as well? Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram? You know, I do. I have a Twitter, but I do not update it as much as I should. Okay. I definitely need to um, get better at that because uh, I definitely do Instagram and Facebook a lot more okay. than Twitter. But our website, I keep very up to date as well. That's TexasSprintSeries.com. That? Texas All right. So are you doing what you can to get some sleep in before the first round of the series? Oh, <laughs> Lord help me. It's spring break this week. So my children are home. Which... Oh, so yeah. So so let's give them some sugar and keep them up all night. And you can sleep in the following <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah. We're, they're getting left at home for our race this time. So we're, um, I actually might get more sleep on a race weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing to actually say That's that. That's funny. You gotta I go can back. relate. I can relate. Right? Well, David, listen, I let David sleep in every Friday morning at a race. He gets to sleep oh. in for the first time. That's funny. I love it. Yeah. Well, Brady, <laughs> listen, uh, best of luck this year, man. You, this, this program's obviously on the up, a lot of, a lot of great support, great facilities. And, you know, as, as David had said, we're on, we're on a nice spurt right now with a lot of uh, positivity with the sport uh, series are getting great numbers and it's just, it's good for the industry. It's good to spend money in the industry and get that money flowing. And, and for you guys as well, Good to be strong and moving forward. Thank you. We do appreciate you joining us here. I'm David, any, any last questions? You're good to go. No, we're good to go. Thanks, Brittany. Thanks. All right, guys. If you're in Texas, if you're anywhere near Texas, go racing because it's a fantastic series, the Texas Sprint Racing Series. David, great racetracks too, man. NOLA, 
as I said, Speed Sports, Denton, Amarillo, and MSR Houston. Uh, what a good, what a good program for all everybody that races in and around the state of Texas. Yeah, and we didn't even talk about West Texas because there's a lot of club tracks out that way too. And again, it's about growth. They're, they don't quite have the paddock size to, in, to be able to host these, but maybe eventually down the road, as our as our sport continues to grow. They get a lot of you know members involved with their clubs, and it starts expanding. Maybe this program can be able to go west Texas and yeah. and hit some of those uh, those local tracks out that way. Heart of Texas, heart of Texas, exactly. Rock yep. Raceway. Yep, yep. Cherries. Yeah. Yep. So, listen, te- Texas has always been a hotbed for karting, and it continues to grow. And again, you know, the whole thing just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We do appreciate Brittany Lobaugh for for joining us here. And again, March 25th, 26th, 27th, Texas Sprint Race gets started. Nobody's leaving the paddock because right after that, we head into the start of the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, the Winter Nationals, getting set to go the following weekend. You do. <laughs> I I will be, Alicia and I will be at, at uh, NOLA Motorsports Park. I'm going to go to Company Burger, David, and you don't get any of that. But David's go- David's doing the Disney thing with the family on vacay, so we'll be enjoying ourselves at some racing. You could be screaming and, and standing in lines. Yeah, it'll be a lot of lines, um, <laughs> a lot of uh, beverages taken in that week, but yeah, a lot- <laughs> hopefully some relaxing. You know, and we're we're thinking about bringing some portable benches that we can, you know, like the fantastic idea. Aiden came up with that idea, so we might look into Good those man. those this collapsible ones. Folks, we've got lots coming here, of course, on the EKN Radio Network and here on, on YouTube as well. We're lining up uh, a show to try to get a hold of a couple of the race winners from the uh, United States Pro Kart Series event that just happened in Orlando. That's coming up as well. Lots more content on the EKN Radio Network this week in karting coming up soon. A lot of great content here, and we, and we do appreciate you joining us again. Thanks to Brittany Lobaugh for joining us from the Texas Sprint Racing Series. On behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.